This episode of the Thumb and Hammer Home Improvement Podcast is sponsored by LL Flooring. These are the floors homes are built on. Visit the experts at your local store or go to llflooring.com forward slash pro to learn more. Home improvements, home renovations, home maintenance, home repairs, and all the other challenges of home ownership. Welcome to the Thumb and Hammer Home Improvement Podcast. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the Thumb and Hammer Home Improvement Podcast. My name is Doug, but you can call me Mr. Moneybags. <laughs> no, no you can't. I have previously laid bare some of the ugly details about our financial situation and how we found ourselves once again swimming in consumer debt. The trouble came during the three years when my wife was between assignments. We continued to spend as if we had two incomes when we only had one, because we never expected the single income era to last as long as it did. It was a classic example of having our heads buried in the sand. Now, I'm not going to go too deep into those details again here, but let me explain what it is that we're dealing with. We have what I guess you could call our daily driver, the credit card that we use for purchases that also earns us points on those purchases. That credit card was never intended to carry a balance. But now it does. Plus, we have a couple low-rate credit cards and a personal line of credit. Earlier this year, when our daughter had her wisdom teeth out, we pretty much maxed out whatever was left of our available credit. Now, I should point out here that we do have a dental plan, but we had maxed out our coverage for that period because someone also had a few cavities. Call it a perfect storm or just bad timing, whatever. We needed to take care of the wisdom teeth now, and we were going to have to pay out of pocket. Waiting for the coverage to reset just wasn't an option. So, when it came time to pay the dental surgeon, there I was, checking available balances on my phone and spreading the cost out over our available cash plus multiple credit cards. How much is the bill? Okay, let me drain the bank account. Now what is the balance? Okay, let me uh, max out this credit card. Now what's the balance? Okay, I can take care of the rest with this credit card. Uh, I mean, talk about embarrassing. But that seems to be the way it goes with our finances. It's always one step forward and two steps back. We would manage to get our debt knocked back a little bit, and then, I don't know, the van would need brakes, for example and we would be right back where we started. I would make a bigger payment one month, only to have a bigger expense the next month. Getting out of debt was rather like, um, pulling teeth. (laughs) See what I did there? Meanwhile, time continues its inexorable march forward. I may feel like I'm in my 20s or 30s, but the truth is, I am in my 50s. Comedian Bill Burr constantly refers to himself as an old man, and he is younger than I am. Not by much, mind you, but still. I have one of those 
unfulfilling, repetitive factory jobs. The kind of job that ages you as opposed to the kind of job that keeps you young. Where the only incentive for getting up and going to work is the goal of someday no longer having to get up and go to work. From the day I started that soul-sucking job, I have looked forward to the day that I could retire. Retirement has been my career ambition. Well, that day is getting closer. I mean, I am running out of roadway, so to speak, if I want to be able to retire when I want to, which is ASAP, as soon as possible, as soon as I can, while I am still young and beautiful. Well, still young at least. Okay, let's just say I want to retire, okay? Ideally, in three to five years. Now, five years ago, 15 years ago, credit card debt didn't worry me too much. I told myself, I'll just keep knocking it down and eventually it's going to go away. And that goal of retirement was always couched with, I can retire once our debts are paid off. Retirement was far enough in the future that there was plenty of time. And I've always justified, I'm not sure if that's the right word, but I always said that I had the option of working another year or two if I needed to, if there was an immediate need for money now, especially when it came to our daughter. Opportunities cost money, and I was willing to charge now and worry about paying the piper later, whether it was music lessons or sports or family vacations Because when it comes to family, we have a limited window to work with. So those priorities outweighed paying down our debts. Someday, down the road, in the future, it's all so abstract. Until it gets to the point where this is someday. The future is now, or close to it at least. And the piper wants his payment. 2020 has been a heck of a year. We were kind of sort of locked down for a couple of months thanks to the pandemic. And if I learned anything by staying home and not having a job to go to, it's that I did not miss having a job to go to, and I did not mind staying at home. And if I learned anything by going back to work when there was work to go back to, it's that I really did not like going back to work. I am so ready to retire. But that cannot happen for a few more years, and it won't happen until I at least have our consumer debt paid off. I would like to have our mortgage paid off too, but our financial advisor assured us that retirement is possible even if we still have a mortgage. Now here's an important side note. When interest rates are low, your money will work harder for you if you allocate it for investments. The math is simple. Let's say your mortgage is 2.5% and you owe $50,000. Instead of paying down that 50 grand, you take that money that you would have spent servicing that debt and you put it into mutual funds or other investment vehicles that can earn you twice or three times as much or more. That will more than cover that 2.5% interest rate on the mortgage and build up your net worth at the same time. And right now, interest rates are low. Uh, That could change, but right now, paying off the mortgage isn't necessarily the best use of our money. So getting back to retirement, 
exactly what time frame am I looking at? I've always said that I don't want to work past the age of 60. Well, I'm going to be 54 soon. When is the soonest that I'm going to be able to retire? Will I be able to pay off our debts in six years or less? That was the question that I finally set out to answer for myself. I mean, give me what month and year instead of the abstract someday. So I crunched the numbers. The first thing I did was make a list of our actual debts. Credit card by credit card. I figured out what I was paying now and what the minimum payments were and how much we were paying in interest each month. It ain't pretty, folks. For example, we have our daily driver. That's the credit card that we use for purchases. And it's the credit card that our internet and cell phone bills and that sort of thing are automatically charged to each month. Now, the interest rate isn't outrageous, but it is the highest rate of any of our cards. At least our purchases earn us points towards our groceries, but this card was never intended to carry a balance of any kind. We always paid the balance in full every month. That is, until we didn't. Thankfully, the credit card company has lowered our interest rate to something more manageable once we started carrying a balance. But as I said before, our outflows exceeded our inflows for that period of time, and some of those outflows ended up on this credit card. And this was one of the cards that we maxed out earlier this year. We also have a low-rate card with a substantial credit limit. What's in our wallet? A low-rate credit card with a substantial credit limit that we managed to max out. We have used that card for debt consolidation. Uh, It's hard to believe, but when we moved into this house, the balance was zero. But between the debt consolidation in order to keep the balance of the higher rate card at zero as long as we could, plus paying the electrician who installed the new service panel and wired the garage and did some other work, which cost more than the credit limit on the other card, the balance on this card grew. Among some of our charges were various repairs to our minivan. It seems like I'm throwing a lot of money at the van because it's getting old, but the repair costs at this point are still less than the cost of financing a new van. And then there were the other miscellaneous expenses. Some surprise, some not. However we got there, the fact is, the balance of that card is the highest of any of our debts outside of our mortgage. We have yet another credit card with a slightly higher rate than the low-rate card. And like our daily driver, it too is a rewards card, and somehow, well, (laughs) not somehow, we know how, we started carrying a balance, a substantial balance, on that card as well. File it under S for Stuff Happens. And then there's the line of credit, more debt consolidation, And this also got maxed out during the period when my wife was between assignments and we were juggling our debts, robbing Peter to pay Paul, as it were, without making much headway. The problem is, when you rob Peter to pay Paul, as we were doing, you're only looking at the short term, the immediate. 
how are we going to cover this payment today? And there are always the false promises of a miraculous increase in cash flow tomorrow. And when that doesn't happen, there's more juggling, more spinning plates until you get to the point where you finally stop and ask how you got to this point. And more importantly, how are you going to dig yourself out? And the sooner you get to that point, the better. But like I said, my head was in the sand. Anyway, I want to have all of these credit card balances down to zero before I bid farewell to my job. I only want to be using the one card, the daily driver, and I want to pay that off each month, maintaining a zero balance. And I don't want to have any other credit card debt. So now I have all of this written down, the debts, the payments that I've been making each month up till now. Not the payments that I want to make, but the payments I have been able to make. And I started playing with the numbers. If I continue making the payments that I've been making on our daily driver and our expenses stay relatively the same, when can I expect it to be paid off? Well, now I have a date. Now, I think there's a tendency to go about this the other way, to pick a target date and figure out the amount of payments needed to achieve that goal. Uh, That just seems to add more pressure. To me, it's a psychological thing. I let my payments determine the date rather than the date determine my payments. And in the case of a shortfall, I can see how it affects the target date rather than how much I need to increase my payments. It just seems to be a little more sustainable that way. Of course, until you get to the point where you're 105 before you pay off your debts, but that's beside the point. Anyway, once that card is paid off, from there, we will do the snowball method. You may have heard of this, but in case you haven't, here's how it works. You pick a credit card, usually the one with the highest interest rate, and you pay as much as you can on that card until it's paid off. Meanwhile, you're making minimum payments on the other credit cards. Once the first credit card is paid off, then you tackle the next one by taking the payment that you were paying on the first credit card, add it to the payment you'd be making on the second credit card. So if payment on credit card number one is X and the minimum payment on credit card number two is Y, once credit card number one is paid off, you pay X plus Y on credit card number two. And then when credit card number two is paid off, you pay X plus Y plus Z on the third card. Let me throw around some fake numbers. Let's say we pay $500 a month on card one, $250 on credit card number two, and $250 on card three. That totals $1,000 per month. Once credit card one is paid off, we take the $500 that we were paying on it and put that on credit card number two, increasing the monthly payments on credit card number two to $750. And once credit card number two is paid off, that 750 is rolled over onto credit card number three. So our payments on the last credit card is 1000 per month. Each subsequent credit card is paid down at a faster rate because more money becomes available for payments. And I tell you what, seeing those projections in writing is a pretty good kick in the butt to kind of stick to the plan. 
For a long time, I had been trying to manage our debt, but I really couldn't tell what kind of progress I was making or if I was making any progress at all. And obviously, earlier this year, any progress had gone completely out the window. But now I have a roadmap. I have a manageable plan going forward. And more importantly, I can determine the true cost of any hiccups along the way. How much is that brake job going to set me back? How will charging drywall to the MasterCard this week affect my short-term and long-range plans? So, yeah, there you go. I am no longer thinking in the abstract someday or down the road. I now have a roadmap of how to get where I need to be financially. There's just something about seeing it written down, whether pen on paper or pixels in Evernote. The same principles apply whether you're paying down debt or saving up for a new house or a new kitchen or new flooring. Write it down and figure out when your someday actually is. And speaking of flooring, let's pause for this brief sponsor break. (laughs) How's that for a segue? LL Flooring is one of America's largest specialty retailers of hard surface flooring. They understand that your floor is the foundation of your home style. That's why they offer over 400 floors, all at the best value, including Bella Wood hardwood floors, which are backed by a transferable 100-year warranty. Visit one of their over 400 stores to find the right hardwood, waterproof vinyl, laminate, bamboo, or tile flooring for your style. Their flooring experts will guide you every step of the way, from finding the perfect floor for your project to arranging safe, professional installation. Allow Flooring has a variety of digital tools to help you transform your home. Use their Floor Finder tool to discover the best options for your project, and then use Picture It, their online visualizer to see your new floor in your space before you install. For store locations, style advice, and more, visit llflooring.com forward slash pro. Again, that's llflooring.com forward slash pro. These are the floors homes are built on. LL Flooring. All of this talk about writing stuff down reminds me of a situation that we were in about 10 or 15 years ago when I became somewhat obsessed with our credit score. Now, credit scores are a little mysterious, and here's why. On the one hand, they, whoever they are, tell you that part of the algorithm determining your score is based on your debt-to-credit limit ratio. You want to have available credit, but you don't want to actually use it. In that case, our credit score must have been horrendous back in March. But back about 10 or 15 years ago, I was also hearing that you don't want to have too much available credit, even if you don't use it. And the reason for this is because you could potentially default on your debts if you accumulate more debt than you are able to pay back. So, which is it, credit score people? Which has the greater effect? The debt-to-credit ratio or the amount of available credit in relation to income? 
debt to credit or credit to income, which is the ratio that we are supposed to be looking at. We wanted to rebuild the addition of our money pit house. So a good credit score was going to be important if we needed to get a loan or refinance our mortgage. And like I said, at the time, the focus on credit scores seemed to be on the amount of available credit versus the ability to pay. And I knew, I knew that we had more credit cards than we needed. Over time, we had got ourselves a pretty impressive collection of plastic. There was our daily driver, the credit card that we use for our regular purchases and expenses. We also had that low-rate credit card that we still have for debt consolidation. If we found that we had to carry a balance, it's better to carry that balance at 6% than 19%. I also had an American Express card. We didn't need the American Express card, but one of the advertised benefits of the card was something called front of the line, or something like that, which is why I got it in the first place. American Express cardholders got first dibs on tickets to certain concerts and performances before they went on sale to the general public. Seemed like a good deal. And in fact, I used that American Express card for tickets to Les Miserables in Toronto when it returned for a limited engagement. And my wife and I, actually she may have been my fiancé at the time, we had amazing seats. I mean, you can't beat being close enough to see the sweat on Colm Wilkinson's brow as he sings, Bring Him Home. But really, besides that one time, I never used that card again. It was just another piece of plastic in my wallet and more available credit. And then there were the store credit cards like Canadian Tire, where you earn money on the card that can be used for Canadian Tire purchases. But do we need another points card? We already have a card that earns money towards groceries. Why split up our rewards? And then there was the time that we were buying towels at Sears, where they offered us 10% off our purchase if we applied for a Sears card. I mean, 10% is 10%. We probably saved $20. So why not? 20 bucks is 20 bucks. And then Home Depot had a deal where you had a year of no interest if your purchase was on the Home Depot card. You get the idea. So... I ended up with a wallet full of plastic and available credit. When it came to our daily driver, the credit card that we pay off each month so as not to incur any interest charges, well, they kept raising our credit limit. It was subtle. I never really paid much attention to it. There would just be a little blurb on the bill. Because you are a responsible cardholder, we have increased your limit. Basically, what they were saying was, you are a lousy customer. How can we get you to spend more than you can afford to pay off each month so you can start carrying a balance and we can start charging you interest? So the credit crept upward, but I never paid attention. I was only concerned with the balance due and the due date. So really, it didn't matter to me if the credit limit was 5000 or 50000 because we never charged more than we could afford to pay off each month. 
So anyway, I sat down and I listed all of these credit cards along with their credit limits and oh boy, was I in for a surprise. Our available credit was well over a hundred grand, just on the credit cards. We could have bought a house using our credit cards, at least in theory. It was ridiculous. I mean, we were struggling to keep up with making reasonable payments on the debt that we were carrying at the time, and it wasn't even a quarter of our available credit. So, if we did something stupid, like, I don't know, take a trip around the world and max out our credit cards, which we could have, there would be no way, no way that we would ever be able to afford to make the minimum payments had we done that. So I started making some phone calls. I canceled the credit cards that we didn't need or use. Farewell, front of the line. We will always have Les Mis. And I reduced our credit limit on other cards. Have you ever tried to reduce your credit limit? They treat you like you're nuts. But sir, you qualify for a much higher limit. Why would you want to lower it? And even after I convinced them that I wanted the lower limit, I found after a couple months that it would start to creep up again. So I called them back. I told them to freeze my credit limit. I told them if they ever tried to raise it again without me calling to request the increase myself, that I would cancel the card and they wouldn't even get the 2% fee or whatever it was from the retailer for my purchases. And that seems to have worked. I'm a lousy customer but a good risk. The point of all this is I had no idea what my total credit limit was until I took the time to list all of my cards and their limits. And just like now, I had no idea when I could expect to have our debts paid off until I listed everything out and made the projections. Now, there are probably apps to make this process easier. Back in the day, I used to track our savings and spending in Quicken. But there's something about the actual exercise of making the list and doing the calculations manually that took it from abstract to something more real. The list, the simple process of writing something down, is So useful for determining budgets, whether we're talking about money or time. Take that renovation project. Have you ever said that you want to do a project someday when you have enough money? Have you actually determined when that someday might be based on how much you're able to squirrel away now? And if you want that someday to be now, Have you ever figured out how long it's going to take to dig yourself out of whatever debt you incur to make that happen? And what about time? Well, when a project lives in your brain, you may oversimplify because your brain can only handle small lists. That's why phone numbers are broken into patterns of three and four digits instead of a string of ten digits. Thanks to this psychological concept, and maybe a little too much time watching HGTV, your brain might tell you that you can easily do a bathroom renovation in a weekend, right? Friday, tear out. 
Saturday, plumbing and drywall. Sunday, tile and grout. All that's left is a coat or two of paint and installing the toilet and vanity. Okay, so maybe we're talking two weekends. Tops. But let's break it down further. Let's list the steps for each of these. Tear out involves turning off the water supply, disconnecting the plumbing, removing the fixtures, disconnecting the power, removing the drywall and the wall tile, removing the floor tile, cleaning, sweeping, vacuuming, hauling debris to the dump, or even just to the dumpster in the driveway. Oh yeah, better order that dumpster. What time is that going to be here? There's the trips to the building center and moving materials from the driveway into the house, and the list goes on and on and on. And as your list grows, you start to get a sense that maybe, just maybe, that original timeline is not so realistic after all. I used to go as far as to break down how much time each element of the project would take. When you do that, you get a sense of how far ahead or how far behind schedule you actually are. But in all honesty, that kind of had a negative effect for me. Tell me, have you ever done this? I'm guilty of it, whether it was a DIY project or a simple honey-do list. This is what I plan to do this weekend. So to finish by Sunday, I have to do these steps on Friday, these steps on Saturday, and then the finishing touches on Sunday. Well, Friday doesn't quite go according to plan, so those steps get added to Saturday instead of Shifting the completion date. Everything snowballs until you end up planning to hang the drywall, do three coats of mud, two coats of primer, two coats of paint, all after dinner Sunday night. (laughs) Wait, that's just me? Anyway, the more detailed your list is, the easier it's going to be to flesh out a realistic budget. Even if you're doing the tear-out yourself, there might be the bin rental and the cost of going to the dump. For the plumbing, you have supply and waste pipes, Ys and P traps, copper elbows and T's. There's the vanity, the sink, the faucet, the tub, the shower faucet. Do you have ABS cement for the waste pipes? Do you have solder and gas for the torch for the copper? For the walls, there's drywall. How many sheets? And mud. Do you need knives? Do you need sanding screens? Cement board, fasteners, waterproofing membrane, tile, grout, mastic. Do you need a trowel? Do you need a float, sponges? So on, and so on, and so on. You get the idea. There's the big bucks, and there's the nickels and dimes, and the nickels and dimes will get you if you don't plan for them. Listing each step. Each phase, each step within each phase, along with the budget, that's what will keep you organized and on track and help you account for those nickels and dimes. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Thumb and Hammer Home Improvement Podcast. I hope I gave you some stuff to think about. It is so easy for finances to spin out of control especially when it comes to home improvements. Write it down. Write it all down. Figure out your roadmap and decide whether it's worth taking on the debt to do that renovation now 
or if you should wait. And if you do wait, how long will it be before you have the cash? Trust me, it is so much easier getting into debt than it is getting out. Once again, the website is thumbandhammer.com and you can follow me on Twitter at thumbandhammer. I will be back soon with another episode and hopefully a little less debt. Until next time, cheers.